All right, you came into the right place for 33. Leave the bottle. Leave the bottle podcast, and I want to emphasize something. We have a special guest today, by the way. We'll get to him in a minute. But I want to emphasize that the bottle is not necessarily alcohol. When leave the bottle, psilocybin used to come in little bottles, if I remember correctly. THC. Coffee doesn't, but uh, I'm making do yeah, right now. Well, Arizona tea, right? True, true. So, uh, our first of all, our non-special guest, sort of a banality, really, is James. Jim, how you doing? Hey, I'm good. I'm well. I'm on my second cup of coffee already at 6 a.m. Eastern time and uh, ready to climb the walls. No, well, we got something. And our special guest is beating you because it's 5 a.m. there. Stuart, hello. I'm feeling very, very special at the moment. You are very special, <laughs> especially since you remember. Aren't, aren't we all special? <laughs> In so many ways. Mine, yes. unfortunately, is the short bus. So. <laughs> well, okay, so here's a, here's a question for you and for our uh, listening audience as well, by the way. Very simple question. You, you remember that people used to say that the ap- apples are nature's toothbrush? Anybody remember hearing that? Yes. That's bullshit. Have you ever smelled your breath after you eat an apple? <laughs> That's total crap. What? I just had one after it fell on the floor, thanks to Stuart. He said, Do you think it was the apple or the floor, which was uh, the root cause here? <laughs> and speaking of root cause. All right, so a bunch of things to talk about. But, uh, Stuart, you, you, you were talking, Stu, about something that I said, oh, it's too bad we're not recording. Oh, it was about, and, and Jim, will you be great on this too? It was about arguing with people, not necessarily on the Internet, because you know the sentence, oh, I must be wrong, said no one ever on the Internet. <laughs> <laughs> oh, arguing is so much fun on the internet. It is. Uh, Stuart and I have known each other for a thousand years, so it's a little bit different. But still, we were talking about somebody who has to be right about everything. And, you know, we all know more than one person like that, I guess. And um, sure. I was saying that, you know, we were talking, Jim, we were talking the other day about, about um, Christ, I can't remember the name of that medicine now. Hypothetical, <laughs> hypothetical oh, homeopathy. Oh yeah, yeah you hypothetic were medicine. <laughs> I wasn't sla- when I was. Well, you were slamming. Let me it, get you to were. the. Let me get to the point, which is that no, I don't disbelieve in that. I just say, and this is true of diets and what you eat and everything else, that there's uh, not only are there two sides or more to every story, but I don't disallow anything. I, I have my beliefs, and I don't push them on people, but I can conceive, and the example given, because it's one of the most horse shit, well, I don't know, Jim, maybe you guys do believe in psychics, but I'm not strong on that belief. No. However. Well, no. However, you no. somebody, I was just listening to a podcast talking about this, too. If somebody managed to actually do a compelling proof of this, and it was repeatable, and, you know, if suddenly we found out that there was some wavelength on which we could communicate... I wouldn't have to go, oh, yeah, well, I, I thought that was impossible. I just doubt it. So Stuart says that's skepticism, and I think it's true. Yeah, skepticism means, obviously, being doubting, skeptical. but being open to uh, contrary evidence. But uh, let me get back to homeopathy for a minute, because that's something which I find, uh, as a chemist, uh, I find that really fascinating. Um, and I have an anecdote that I actually OD'd on um, some homeopathic remedy. Um, I didn't take it. Boner pills by any chance? Yeah, no, but that was the point, is that I didn't take it. So oh. that's the OD. Thank you, folks. I'm here oh, all week. God, you're going to wait. You're going to be here all week. <laughs> hey, and try the steak. It's great. And make sure you put it in She works awfully hard for you. Yeah, okay, we got it. Uh, shall we get to our embarrassing medical stories segment? Go for it. All right. I, and uh, I asked Stuart, and he said he had. Do you have any embarrassing medical stories, Jim, before I get started? That, uh, could, that could be told. Embarrassing? That could be uh, told publicly. Uh, well, I had to have a surgery canceled for six weeks because I had such a, uh, an anxiety attack less than an hour before. It when you were, And that was after they gave me the pre-surgery uh, drugs Ooh. to mellow me out. But my anxiety was much stronger than the drugs. And, uh, and my anxiety won that battle for six weeks. 
of course, I was seven years old at the time, but uh, <laughs> but I yeah, you the drugs. Oh man, yeah. Well, <laughs> later later on, I would have been like, bring it on, bring it on. I'll take all the drugs you want to give me. But yeah, so I it was funny. It was like tonsils, and it was literally less than an hour back in that day. Back in the day, this is the late sixties. They'd shoot you in the ass with a needle uh, to start making you feel good. They didn't do all the IV stuff like they do now. And uh, I have a morbid fear of needles, uh, which really? sadly Still? I'm having, which I'm sadly having to overcome lately with several yeah. medical things. But uh, so yeah, so they they shot me in the ass, and I flipped out. I mean, if I could have used, if I knew swear words at seven, <laughs> I would have used. It. I didn't learn those until I was eight, so I didn't learn the appropriate <laughs> language. Um, but oh yeah, I flipped out in a hospital, and they finally had to cancel it. For six weeks, I had to go around with my tonsils all, you know, burning Ouch. and raw and all that stuff before before they were doing because they were afraid to try to uh, go further to put me under. So I don't know if that's embarrassing or if that was just me being my little pain in the ass seven year old self. Did you at least um, try the ice cream therapy? I mean, normally that's I post did. surgery, but I did, and I threw up right into it oh, the first time. Oh, the first time you gave me ice cream, they gave me come out with this big bowl of ice cream. You know, I could barely talk or anything like that, and uh, I threw up right into the bowl of ice cream. And the nurse was just like, "You ungrateful little bastard!" Oh, is that, now I get now I get why you have an ice cream addiction, a Jones. Yes. Well, I think my story may top that. Um, so the hook, the link bait to get people to listen to this, and it apparently didn't work, is that um, I've had four experiences in my life of having my member... I, I'm sorry, I have to yeah. interrupt you for a second. Yeah. Am I the only one hearing a lot of crackling? You hearing crackling, Stu? Not much. Okay, well, Sometimes there won't... Sometimes one changeover between voices, but that's about it. There won't okay. well there won't there won't be any on the recording, but I'm sorry to hear that if it's like, okay. I have okay. no it must one be, it's probably my crappy backup laptop that's right. uh doing that. Okay. As you were with all your surgeries. Go ahead. Are you hearing it on Stuart too? Hello. He he has a little more. No, maybe it's my shitty laptop. No. Well anyway, all right. We'll cut all that out. No, we'll leave it in. Everybody's got shitty laptops. All right, so it was, uh, the story was four women who have held my member in their hand within the first two minutes of meeting me. <laughs> my well, sympathy you know, to them. <laughs> well, you know, this sort of thing happens to scientists all the time. Of course, of course. Well, a couple of these were scientists. Yeah, usually, usually those members are dead, though. However, well, yeah, that's a whole different question. <laughs> I think I will uh, spare everybody. The th there are three that are not that interesting. Well, yeah, I might as well tell it. It's not that hilarious. But it's, the first one, the first one was, I was we had used to have a thing called general practitioners in the United States. I think that's been gone for about twenty five years at least. But in the back in the day when I lived there, it was a GP, and I had a wart on the shaft of my penis. Shaft of my penis. Shaft of my. All right, I just. Oh my. And I had I'm to get it removed. Bed. All right, so I had to get it removed. No, hey, this is nothing dirty. It's just like you know, you know. Yes, plus, you wanna, well, plus you want to. Well, plus you want. I keep a I keep a clean penis, as uh, what's his name said in Boston Legal. Anyway, um, and you also worry about cancer, Jim. So you know, I want took it. To, so I asked a GP first, and uh, he said he. I guess they had it tested. I don't remember, but uh, he said, "Oh yeah, well we we can just cut that off." I said, "What? My penis?" I said, "No, the wart." Which was relieving to me. But what I didn't know is, then he goes, um, yeah, Lorraine, would you come in here? So she, he had to have somebody hold it. He said, you don't mind if Miss Johnson holds your Johnson, do you? And I go, Miss Johnson. Uh, you know, I mean, what could I say? Yes, I don't uh, want uh, this cute young woman to be handling me. In that way. Anyway, with the knife and all that, there was not a problem that you might think of erection. Believe me. It's, in fact, it was, it was what, what we used to call an inverse boner, where it goes inside, because he had that scalpel out. I'm going, whoa. But everything was fine. That was, shrinkage. That's the non-funny one. Yeah, shrinkage. Yeah. But the, yeah, this, the, is like the, this is like the anti-Howard Stern show right now. Yeah, 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 yeah the frightened all right. turtle. <laughs> all right. Anyway, <laughs> let's skip over... We will skip over the... Well, no, let's not skip. 
let's not skip. Fresno, uh-huh. Fresno Emergency Room in the late 60s, early 70s, I had a problem. And these things always come up, you know, these symptoms, burning, whatever it is, always comes up on a Sunday, right? Sunday night. So the only thing to do is go into the emergency room. I go to the emergency room. You know, waiting, you're waiting there for I don't know how many hours while the various gunshot wounds, you know, get purged and all of that stuff. Knives, you know, uh, light bulbs up the you-know-where and stuff like that. So finally, you have to picture, everybody who's listening to this, picture that you, when you go into a hospital and you're in the emergency room, they have these little, like a cubicle, I don't know what those are called, with the curtains. So the Curtains. The nurse comes in. Well, I mean, yeah. there's just like a, it's kind of like a bed. It's like an f- exam room slash bed. Anyway, so I'm sitting on the bed. You know, pull your pants down. The nurse comes in. Pull your pants down, please. She is starting to examine my thing. And all of a sudden, this curtain is, you know, slashed open really quickly. And a guy's standing there, and he's holding a blue baby crying. Says mm-hmm. somebody's got to help me. See, this is not a funny story. His baby was playing around the pool, which should have been either covered or an adult should have been there. Oh boy! And it fell in. Mm-hmm. Oh boy! Meantime, I'm there with my dick in my hand while the story's. You know, I mean. So, but that was not her hand. Well, she left it. She said, "Here, hold this." <laughs> left. <laughs> so, uh, while I was there, no, I, you know, I think while I'm down there, no, anyway. All right, that was that's two or three, that's two. Oh my two. god! The yes. third one we're building up to the biggie. Oh that's what, Jesus, that's, what that's not the big one. No, the, no, no, no. The one with the nun is going right. to be the big one. I'm yeah. Certain. So the 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 next one happened. You, a nun held your pecker. Yes, yes. <laughs> so then, <laughs> reverse Howard Stern. This is funny, huh? I'm not trying to be gross or anything, though. This is These are true stories. Absolute, 100% mm. true. So uh, the other one is kind of incidental. It was just that I, you guys, we have to wait for a little interactivity here, and you guys have to comment on this. If you've ever had to, have you ever had to have a test where they need you to urinate live so that they can put it into a machine right away or something? So sure. you go into oh, a lab. Yes. No, but I mean, not a sample where you got all the time in the world where you have to bring it in, but you're in the place. Yeah. Yeah, and there's in a, order a door. to get jobs in the United States now. <laughs> oh right, oh, yeah. right, right. Oh, yeah. So, and they purposely put a really cute young woman, about twenty-two, that uh, hands you the thing and then watches. That doesn't happen in the states, I'll bet. No, not so much. All That's right. only when you're having your sperm checked. Yeah, <laughs> and then it's video. Hey, 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 don't, don't, don't get to my story before I do. <laughs> it's video. Oh, I like that one. All right. Well, let's hurry up with the climax here, as it were. Choice of words, choice of words. Um, anyway, that the thing about that was, and I, this is embarrassing. So she was really adorable. So, she, you know, she kind of turns away and goes to the other corner. And I, I could not make it happen. I just couldn't. And I'd been waiting for hours in the waiting room. Couldn't couldn't get a drop out at all so she comes up and she said did you she goes through a little thing did you do it before what's what's the problem and then she said okay i'm gonna i'm gonna fix this and she took a little piece of cloth and tied a bow on it and i'm going what (laughs) i don't know what that was supposed to be i think she was making fun of me or something and it still was the cloth it still didn't work (laughs) white white Okay, so you didn't win first prize. No black smoke. Oh, maybe that's it. Yeah, yeah, it'd have been a blue one. Then. She should. If she was smart, she would have said, "You want some tweezers?" Remember that yeah. was the old high school. All right, let's get to the biggie. So I was in. Uh, it was early days. I was in Paris, and I saw a GP because we still have GPs here. I saw a GP about a problem I was having, and he said. I'm going to send you to the ultimate place for this. It's the Pasteur, Louis Pasteur Institute in Paris. By the way, those hallowed walls or corridors or whatever, you know, I mean, it's, this, is, this is no crap. This is no, you know, this is no Fresno General. This is the Pasteur, Louis Pasteur Institute, right? So I go in there. And what I didn't know is that all of the nurses in that place are nuns because it's run by the church, Catholic Church. So I'm back there with the curtain. I'm going, what is it going to be this time, I wonder? 
woman comes in. You picture the nun who's maybe, let's, I'm going to say 55, with the white thing on her hair and all that. <laughs> comes in, and she says, um, she takes it in her hand and looks and examines, and then she goes, okay. and by the way, this is all happening in French, and uh, I'm not sure how I was able to understand this, but this is exactly what she said is, you're going to have to milk it a little. <laughs> and I mean, you know, the only thing that could have been worse is if this was some really hot young, in, you know, woman or something. But so I did the th- what she said. They needed I, they needed a slide. Uh, what do you call it? A uh, smear. Milk it a little. So I did something. She says, oh, come on. You can do better than that. Allez, monsieur. Vous pouvez faire mieux que ça, she says. <laughs> I think I probably just started laughing and couldn't stop for the whole day. And uh, did they cure me? Yes, apparently they did. All right, I'm just sitting all. here in shock. Uh, that's, that's all. That's why I'm so quiet right now. All right. Who can top that story? <laughs> I'm going to count on Stuart. I was trying to think of how one says in French, but the priest, he does this all the time. <laughs> I should have thought of that. Uh, yeah. I should have thought uh, of that. <laughs> But our my friends five Catholic, five our, yeah, our five Catholic listeners just, just went away. I have a huge, res- I have huge respect for the Catholic Church, especially after that. By the way, I was, uh, and this is no joke at all. I had a disease and had to have treat, not, not related, unrelated disease. I had a thing, and had to be treated over a year or more. And the the nearest hospital to our house was Catholic Hospital. However, not everybody was uh, was religious in the hospital, but that was a most fantastic thing. The nurses, I mean, we were practically first-name basis. We were kind of first-name basis, but we didn't use the intimate to that you would They didn't use. hold your member. Nobody ever touched it. Well, it wasn't. <laughs> yeah, well, actually, yes, yes. When they inserted the catheter? No, no, actually, they... Uh, <laughs> make, that won't make you cringe nothing, Will. No, actually, they did. They manipulated my member once every two weeks. For almost oh, a year. Jesus. That's but, the name of the podcast, Manipulated Members. Well, the member <laughs> the member I'm talking about was my left arm. That's a member. Uh, okay. Well, yeah, yeah. But Randy, Randy, you, you left out a part, which uh, I, I think would have been, uh, it's important. Uh, being as you are of a, um, oh, how shall we say, Hebraic background. Yes, circumcised. The nurse had no particular comment. <laughs> The, the, the nun had no particular comment about that. Oh, I've never seen one quite like that before. Uh, it was more like nice helmet. Nice. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Well, God. I, by I, the way, Jim, I goes, hope there goes breakfast. Hey, Jim, I hope Cindy doesn't ever listen to these. By the way. Well, she won't be listening to this Make one. Make sure for she sure. does. Make sure she doesn't. She normally listen. she normally listens to all of them. I, I posted on Facebook a couple of minutes ago the live link, and all I put is we're talking we're live now talking about penises. Oh, Ew. cool. And so I'll oh, see if any of my nuns. Yeah. nuns. Yeah. There is the so title. Far, There's the title. So far, far, the juxtaposition so is the juxtaposition is the key here. Oh, <laughs> I think it is. So how about Joan Rivers? <laughs> Wait a minute. That's funny because I just posted. I just tweeted a few minutes ago that Skype is the Joan Rivers of telephony. Well, my first reaction was, "Can we talk? Can we talk?" Not anymore. <laughs> and Cynthia just yeah, stared at you know, me. What too soon? <laughs> yeah, you know what? She said a lot worse, so I, I, I'm not gonna be all about that. I don't know. You know, it's funny. I, I, I was kidding when I threw her name out there, but I'm ambivalent. I mean, I respect what she did, and I respect the certain barriers that she broke down, and so forth. But. I got to be honest with you, uh, this outpouring of everything is overlooking a lot of shitty things that she said over the last 10, 15 what, years. I mean, wait, a minute, wait a minute, you have to explain to me, what, what is it about her? I see her name I and mean, her she, face, uh, all, but I don't know anything about re- what she's, what, is she making statements but, politically or something recently? Yeah, and then and, and she's had a lot of harsh, uh, a lot of harsh things to say about the Palestinians and Palestinian, Palestinian children and that things that didn't come into play within humor. And she's, uh, I always liked her. I was always a huge fan of hers. I love caustic humor. I'm absolutely love that. I love very politically incorrect humor and things like that. But I think that in this mad uh, gush fest that we're having for her now, that she was, 
Isn't her, she wasn't, wasn't, a, very her, nice, what, she wasn't, wasn't a very nice person the last 10 or 15 years of her life. Wasn't her, wasn't her humor always self-deprecating, like how ugly yes. she was and stuff? Yes. Like yes, Woody absolutely. Allen, only on a different kind of female version? Right. I mean, she, there's no doubt that she was a pioneer, really, for, for women in comedy for what she was doing. Lenny Bruce discovered her, and so it's a kind of appropriate that she. I'm not going to say she was the female Lenny Bruce because no, she no, wasn't. No, 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 no. But, but uh, you know, she had the very caustic, sharp-tongued wit about her, and she she didn't spare pretty much anybody, barbs, including herself. Um, she was one of the first real aggressive uh, female. I mean, now I listen to a lot of podcasts, and I mean, there there are a lot of excellent but very caustic uh, female uh, comics out there now. But that's right that back in the day, that was not a thing that women did. No, no, no. She did break down a lot of barriers, um, and I respect that. But I, I guess sometimes. And it's not that I, I don't want anybody, you know, speaking ill of the dead or anything like that. I mean, you, you have to show oh, a she's dead? of respect. Huh? She's dead? She died yesterday. Oh, God. No wonder. You, you, guys, you, guys will, you guys will find out in France tomorrow did or the you, day after. Stuart, did you know that uh, Joan Rivers died yesterday? Oh, oh yes. Oh, okay. yes. And I'm blissfully I ignorant. Going to change the to, I was going to change the subject to Robin Williams, but that's okay. We could do that. He died too. Yeah, well, well I knew that. Died. I mean, that's been. Sweet. They'll find out in France later today that he Robin died. Robin Williams too. died. <laughs> no, I yeah. knew that. No, here's what I don't understand. Okay, and with Joan Rivers, it's fine. You know, there, there, there will not be all of these Facebook postings with a picture of her looking saintly and some yeah. profound thing that she said written on it. The problem was they did this with Robin Williams. It was, you know, every fucking Facebook yeah. post up there yeah. had a picture of him looking beatific with some profound thing that he had said in a movie. Yeah. He didn't write that. Yeah. Someone else wrote that. He was saying right. a line. Okay. Right. So at least in the case of Joan Rivers, okay, there was a chance that she wrote that line. <laughs> True. Well, I'm just going to, here's one of the, it's why she's bothered me so much the last few years. And again, I'm not, you know what? She talks shit about everybody. So I think that she's fair game also. For people to talk shit if you know they've disagreed with things just this last uh, about three weeks ago she on on film is saying when they asked her about the 2,000 Palestinians that have been killed in Gaza she threw her hands up oh my god tell that to the people in Hiroshima good when you declare war you declare war they started it uh, you're, you're dead you deserve to be dead uh, they were told to get out. They didn't get out. You, you didn't get out. You're an idiot. At least the ones that were killed were the ones with low IQs. Can I? Well, uh, cons- considering that a lot of them were children, it's like that. The, the lack of empathy on her part on that. And you can have your political views on whether you know you're pro uh, Israel, pro Palestinian, right. or you're just are, are for a two state solution, whatever. But when you just a blanket statement like that. It's just fucking mind-boggling, it's, and it's lack of thought and lack of compassion. I, and that's I, why I guess I've been a little bit offended since yesterday to hear everybody go on and on about her. It's like, you know, she, she was referring to dead children as, as you know, good. They deserve to be dead. You know, they're the ones with low IQs. It's like, that's horrible. It's a little like the Joe the Plumber thing where he said, uh, my right to carry a gun trumps your dead children. I mean, yeah, people say yeah, shit, exactly. but my, my main uh, point that I have, because I don't know about any of this, and I don't, first of all, I don't give a fuck ever what somebody like Joan Rivers or Robin Williams says about life or other shit that they don't know right. about. You know what I mean? So They're entertainers. Yeah, exactly. These people are paid. They're, they're First of all, they're exhibitionists. They're entertainers. I love Robin Williams. I thought he was brilliant in many things. He also yes. made several absolutely atrociously bad movies. That he like took, Robert De Niro. That he took roles in. But, I mean, I don't really care whether what, what any of these people think. And so my comment was also, I totally don't care why, you know, why were people asking? It's, this is the show business, whether it's Fox News or MSNBC, whether it's liberal or doesn't matter. Don't ask these fucking people what they think because I don't care. I, why would they have any, you know, uh, semblance of sense in matters like this? 
And well, and, I mean, yeah, their, their, opinion, their opinions should not rate any higher than the three of our opinions. I don't want their frankly. opinion. I know you guys. I'm interested in your opinions, but I don't right. want her. I would care. I couldn't care less. Now, if you ask her opinion on, um, you know, who's the best woman comic of 1968, or that, right. that makes sense. Okay. Right. Well, now you're in her area of expertise. Right. And exactly. In, in in the same way as that, it's apparently appropriate for a billionaire rock star to get on his jet fly out to uh, conferences, give a talk on how we need to give more money, you know, the, <laughs> we, and by we, I mean literally us, the, the middle and lower classes, should be giving more money to um, uh, kleptocracies in Africa, gets back on his jet, flies somewhere. And people will think of him as some sort of um, uh, deep economic thinker. Yeah. Saying, no, the guy wrote some pop songs. Oh, you're not a YouTube <laughs> fan, then I take it. You know, that's that's great, uh, Stuart. That's funny. Oh, you're not you're not a Bono no, fan, anyways. Well, not on that I, level. I didn't, I didn't mention any names, and please don't sue me. But he might. <laughs> but he might. He might. He might like the music. He might not. But you know, that's funny. Jay Moore said something exactly like that. He said, "So Bono lands in LAX, gets in his limousine, passes four thousand homeless people on the way to this big concert to give money to some you know African country. I don't even think it was. I don't even know if it was African or not. That's you know doesn't make any difference. The point is." Maybe Bono could have just gotten out and started throwing dollar bills at the homeless or talking to them or doing something, you know, to help. So it's I'm not saying that's well, true. I'm just saying it's ironic like you. Yeah, no, there's 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 a saying that uh, foreign aid is taking money from poor people in rich countries and giving it to rich people in poor countries. God damn it. And, uh, it just seems to be, yeah, it, uh, that I think it's not just the sanctimoniousness and emptiness of yeah. it. It's uh, the attitude of, well, yes, we should do this. And by we, we mean you, the masses, not, uh, not me. <laughs> yeah. I, I, there's the idea that somehow, because I've written some pop songs that uh, were very successful, that I am, uh, I don't know what the English word is. In Germany, you say a besser besser. Well, okay, there, okay there's so. the raising of awareness, which is nice. But the ra- if the raising of awareness is just a financial thing, that here, give money, that's a whole other story. And so there may be some good from it, but, but awareness. I, I think raising awareness, awareness, oh my God, it's early. Awareness is more than just nice. I think that I think we need that. I think that the seeds are planted of awareness and they need to grow. It takes yeah. time, uh, whether it's civil rights, civil liberties, uh, uh, helping solve situations. You have to start somewhere. And, and I'm, I'm a skeptic and I'm a cynic and I'm frequently an asshole, but I do still hold on to my thought that, we have to start somewhere with awareness. I know it can come off as cheesy. It can come off as self-serving, especially when it's pop stars. You know, okay, well, you know, we'll hold this benefit concert, you know, for, you know, whatever cause of the day it is. And and it can be pretty cynical, you know, whether it's, you know, I mean, Live Aid, what did Live Aid accomplish in the end? Well, I'm, ask, I'm asking that of, as a question. Okay, no, no, I think what it does to a great extent, is is part of uh, marketing and image management for uh, the people involved. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. In exchange for me flying out here first class and uh, getting up on stage, you know, spending an hour or two of my day, uh, I get millions and millions of dollars of publicity. And it's not publicity of the sort where you know I beat someone up in the street. Uh, it's publicity of the sort that uh, I'm a saint who truly cares more than you do about those uh, starving children. Well, Bob Gildoff, I, I, I've, I've been ambivalent on him for years, but one of the things is he has done a lot behind the scenes. And sometimes you do have to use people to get messages out. And, and I get that. Um, but the thing that kind of irked me on the day of Live Aid, because I watched the entire thing, I actually videotaped it that day. Of course, Ooh. I don't have the videotapes any longer. But Phil Collins played over in London earlier in the day. Then he hopped on a Concorde back when they were still flying and flew to Philadelphia 
to uh, or flew actually into New York, the New York to Philly to play that night in Philly. And they made this big, huge, I guess in 1985, maybe that was kind of cool. Okay. He played in London this morning. Now he's playing in Philadelphia later on. And then, and I remember the, like the news, the live CNN or whoever it was at the time showing the Concord landing in New York. And it was this big, huge production. It's like, well, you know what? People fly every day across the, the ocean and do shit on one side and then do shit on the other side. What, you know, I didn't see what the big deal about that was. Something to say. That's all. Yeah, I you know. This is the problem. You I just, like to. I would like to believe that at least half of them were doing that for the right idea, and not well, just because it was good PR or just a hop on the bandwagon. But I think that what Stu was saying a minute ago holds a lot of truth, especially today. And a lot of like a lot of the charity events that you see nowadays, everybody and their brother in the entertainment world jumps on board right away and uh i, I the, the cynic in me says you know it's it's a pr move yeah yeah unfortunately there is no way in me other than the cynic yeah well it, it's hard to throw those those shackles off when, when you see because there are i think there are entertainers who do perform like little shows and little concerts where they're raised like neil young's bridge school benefits i think i mean Obviously, because his child is involved and it was the school they started. So I think that's to me has been going on for 20 something years. I think that means everything to Neil Young and his wife. And I and I think that that's legitimate. And I think it's usually his friends, musicians who come and play at that. I, I don't hold a cynicism towards that. Farm Aid, the same thing. Mellencamp, Willie Nelson and Neil Young have been doing that for many, many years and it seems like it's the same core of performers who always play in that. Yeah, some I of, the, some of these efforts st- are a little bit more a little bit more easy to swallow than others. By the way, Neil sure. Young's getting a divorce. So yes, I know. I saw that after thirty some odd years. And yeah, I, I think that everybody was just like, "Holy shit!" That was like the one rock star couple that uh, was hanging it. But you know, hey, been, you got to do what you got to do. I've been married for thirty five years, and it's a pretty long time. I could tell you. Yeah, it was, I was mine was nineteen years the other day, and. Uh, it just seems like 19 years ago. Let me ask. Uh, <laughs> we, we, well, no, I've been I've, I've been married now for uh, 25 years, but to not how many women? The same person. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. hey, three three different women. <laughs> I want to ask Stuart. Stuart, I want to ask you specifically. And Jim, time is the charm. Jim, I want to because we mentioned. <laughs> That's what I keep saying. Because we mentioned Neil Young and Stuart's an audiophile, and Jim, you may or may not have heard about this. So he's coming out with this new player. I forgot the name of it and all that. The Pono. There the you Pono go. The Pono. Yeah, it is the biggest pile of bullshit. So I was going to I was hoping that uh, <laughs> I was hoping you take the other side of the of that, because, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm listening to this. And you're going to 192 kilohertz, blah, blah, blah. First of all, if you're over 10, you can't hear any difference. It's just physically impossible that you can hear high frequencies very well. well why, why can't you just play flak files? Flak files, because like, I'm a bootleg collector and I've had bootlegs from the 60s onwards. And if you use like flak there's no the sound. You're gonna tell me that I've read all about Neil Young's Pono, and it's just like if I'm using Flack, I'm sorry, but how many people are gonna tell the difference for the hundreds of dollars that those Pono players are gonna be or are? Well, better than that though is that you would have to buy like eight hundred dollar earphones. You know, yeah. most people are listening but, to music. If you've got a, like an iPod or whatever it is, any player, you're listening with earbuds, which are never ever gonna be able to come close to right. the. Uh, uh, if nothing else, let's talk about the bass. Forget it; it's not going to happen. And then you know, yeah. nobody has speakers today except Stewart. Probably has them. Excuse <laughs> me. Uh, yes, I do. Um, on, on the other hand, meh, the, the, the fundamental problem is the source material itself sucks. Right. I mean, if you're playing some horribly processed studio recording, which is ninety-nine percent of what's out there in the world, okay, you've got a dynamic range of nothing. Uh, everything well, is squashed. Yeah, but they're, up, rema- so they're remastering from analog masters, though, so it's not as quite as bad not, as you say. Not yeah. I have piles of analog masters that, first off, are compressed as hell, and when they remaster them, that's almost a guarantee that when you're done, you're going to have even less dynamic range Probably than you right. did before, and uh, what I call ear laser uh, equalization. Are they uh, talking? By the way, are they talking about dynamic range, or are they talking strictly about frequency response? Because all I keep both. hearing is frequency both. response. Both. Uh, okay, first off, you know, the frequency response thing, 
1644, which is the format that we use for CD, right. which is Six, common to 16 bits, which in, is a possible 64,000, about 65,000 uh, yeah. values. Okay, so if you go to 24, you've got millions or billions. Yeah, but the only difference between 16, okay, let, let's let's talk about that's dynamic range rather than frequency. Or right, and that's the number of bits, that's range. the size of the file. Go ahead. The dynamic range aspect, the difference between 16 and 24 is the noise floor, okay? Right, right. Now, at 16 bits, your noise floor is, you know, something like 100 decibels down, which means that unless you're sitting in absolutely, absolutely quiet area, and I mean, you know, the kind that, you know, you feel like your ears are stuffed, you know, you've got eight inches of foam on all of the walls, right. you know, double concrete, and you're out somewhere in the countryside, you know, that the noise floor is just buried in, mm-hmm. uh, in in ambient so with 16 bit so 24 bit means it's buried even further it's also a noise floor which is well below that of uh, a microphone or a preamp i mean you do have to get the sound in there some way yeah. and if a microphone's um signal to noise only gets you you know 12 or 13 bits who cares if you're recording it in 16 or 24 now that said of course uh for recording, I like using 24, uh, just because it gives me uh, a little bit more flexibility and level setting. And then when I'm all done, I can master it down to uh, to 16. Uh, for marketing purposes, of course, I leave it at 24, and just you know bring the levels uh, back up. But I mean, it still gets back down into uh, why the Pono, because in theory, you're having a higher fidelity reproduction of something which started out with incredibly low fidelity. Right. Uh, right. I, I, I don't see the point to that. Um, there's certainly already a lot of systems that uh, do that kind of uh, uh, you know, high bit rate, uh, uh, high number of bits. Also, and also, when, also you do, when you do blind testing, there's no difference. Also, I can start with the best source right. material and compare, as long as I'm comparing blind, yours only, between 1644 and 24196, there's no difference. Nobody, no one has ever been able to demonstrate a difference. You kind of started. So, you kind of started to mention this earlier, Stuart, but it needs to be underlined. Actually, I don't know how much music was even recorded. In other words, most of the music today, 90% of music that's been recorded in say the last 20 years, I don't know exactly the figure, but almost everything's recorded digitally anyway. Which means to the average person, which means that it's been recorded by sampling, and I don't doesn't matter how high the sampling rate is, it's been recorded by sampling digitally. It goes through some equipment that changes it to analog. So when you go back the other way, you've got another level of loss. So so it really becomes like um, I talk to the dead. <laughs> it's about that yeah. it's about that level really. No, but the losses that you get are so minuscule compared to the losses that you had with uh, standard analog tape equipment. You know, for many years when I was doing recording, I had a, uh, a an Ampex 351, which mm-hmm. was this big old suitcase-sized thing, tubes and you know, big, you know, wide tape, high speeds, and the thing was great. But you know How what? How wide I was got, it? It was two extremely. Inch? I think no, 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 I didn't have two. I had one inch tape though. Ah, one so, inch. So you know, I know it doesn't quite uh, get me to the, uh, uh, to the level where the urologist. It's, is Ron, going to be it's not going to be the Ron Jeremy size anyway. Yeah, exactly. But now I've got this like little A to D box, uh, which uh, you know we don't have a camera on me, fortunately. Uh, but it's about um, oh I don't know six centimeters by five centimeters, right. and uh, with He's about oh you know uh, you know two hundred grams or so, right, and right. It absolutely, absolutely grotesquely outperforms that huge old suitcase uh, analog system that I had. I'd never go back. Okay. The losses are better. I mean, the distortion is lower, the, the noise is lower, the fiddliness is lower. But you don't get I mean, the heat in the winter. No, I do not get the heat in the Doesn't winter, and the uh, living uh, in that Chicago-Milwaukee axis, I can say that that may be uh, something of a disadvantage. That's right. You're in the Middle West, which is where I come from. So, Jim, I, I don't think you are an audiophile, but what, what do you listen to? The, you listen to podcasts and stuff. You listen on the car speaker? Is that how you do it? Well, when I'm when, when, I'm you, when you're driving. Yeah, when, when, I'm, when I'm home, I'm listening through my, my stereo system. Um, With speakers? Then, yeah. Because I have everything, I have everything into my stereo system. I have my TV, all my electronics. 
uh, right through uh, it's a uh, uh, custom built uh, speakers that my brother-in-law did and and all that stuff. So I listened uh, to through that. I've been a music fanatic all my life. As a matter of fact, I graduated from broadcasting school back when before the days really of video very much uh, where we had to, you know, we had to cut all our own commercials on tapes. And so you're, and you're a razor blade splicer guy. Yes. Yes. One of, <laughs> one of those deals. I'm sure Stuart said um, too. You know, I love the sound of the old, like the old, I, I do miss, I don't have my turntable anymore. Sadly, I do miss the sound. A lot of times of say throwing on a Rolling Stones album on a turntable on really nice speakers. Um, I'm not sure at this point of my life with my ears that I'd be able to tell the difference anymore, frankly, between that and put it, or listening to it streaming or playing uh, on a CD or something like that. I know that because I played so much loud music all my life and I was in you know bands when I was younger and, and music and things like that, that uh, it definitely has had a profound effect on my ears. As a matter of fact, the other night, my wife was changing a light bulb and it only took her to do it, by the way. But, um, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, she, she, she won't listen to this one. So she, she won't kill me. But so she's shaking it and she comes up to me and she's like, well, I think it's bad. And she's shaking it. And I shook it in my right ear. I couldn't hear anything. I'm like, I don't hear anything. She's like, are you kidding me? She's like alarmed. I said, I don't hear anything. I'm shaking it, shaking it. She said, try your left ear perfectly loud a very loud rattling of the light bulb she's like go back to your right ear again couldn't hear anything and i've noticed lately that i had to like turn my head a little bit here and there she's like uh i think you need to go to have your hearing checked pretty soon because i could not hear anything but that's also a byproduct of many years of probably of going to rock concerts wearing headphones i love wearing headphones for music uh especially when i had high-end turntables and things like that. I just, I loved the sound through headphones. And it probably has had a profound effect, like with many musicians, has had a profound effect on my hearing to the point now that I might as well just listen uh, to Spotify or, you know, a streaming, because I'm not going to, for me to spend on Pono, what Pono, Pono, however it's going to be pronounced by Neil Young. Pono. Uh, Pono. I don't know. Mm -hmm. I'm just guessing. Um it's not worth the uh, what allegedly is the difference. And what you guys were talking about is n- nobody hearing the difference. It's kind of along the lines, too, with uh, HDTV, 720 to 1080p. There's so little difference. The vast majority of the people would never be able to tell really anyways. Maybe if you have a super high-end television that's huge, you might notice some difference. That, that depends on two things, your age, I mean, the condition of your eyes, which mine, sure. are, mine are way far gone for that. So, And also the, uh, the original source material. If you're, sure. if you're looking Absolutely. at a Blu-ray that was shot digitally, I'm assuming that would be better because we're, it's coming into 1080p or 4K. Yeah, but if I mean, you're watching regular television, but if you're watching oh, regular it, television yeah. and 720, uh, 720 or 1080p, f- yes, the source matters, but you're still going to see very, very little difference. And like to me, I listen, I still have a lot of my boots, like I said earlier. I have a lot of my boots in flack, uh-huh. and that's great, but that's also dependent on the original source material. If I'm listening to a bootleg Beatles studio outtakes from the 60s, it's all great that it's on flack, but if it was originally copied on seven different cassettes right. to get to that, then the, then the source material for that flack is still not going to be all that great. That said, I still do find, even with my crappy ears now, I do find flack to be just fine for me for, for all the old bootlegs. Well, it's lossless. That's the main point of flack and open exactly, source. Exactly. Exactly. And, and, I, to be honest with you, I think 90% of the people out there aren't going to give two shits. They're just like, you know what? I can listen on Pandora. I can listen on Spotify, you know, well, or any of the other streamers. Now you're getting into a whole other thing as a musician. I mean, people listen to shit all day and have no idea what they're listening to. They don't care and they yep. don't get it. I mean, they're not. By that, I mean, I don't mean that intellectually they can't say who it is or even. They might even say, oh, that was in 7-8 at that time. But, but they still are not connected to the music. I don't know if I'm being clear here. But there's an aspect of phoning it in when you're playing and also when you're listening. And Stuart, you've been quiet. so. Um... Well, no, I, I'm, I'm trying to figure out how I steer things back to uh, people handling my junk. 
Yeah, well, I wish you could. I wish you could. Oh, you know, um, we have. There's another variant on that, which was the test, the prostate exam. Uh, may, may I give my story? I think you should. Okay, this was in my uh, during my second marriage. Uh, my um, ex-wife, now ex-wife, uh, wanted to conceive and was not able to, uh, despite assiduous efforts uh, mm-hmm. in that direction. And uh, she became convinced that uh, it wasn't her age. It was clearly something that had to be my fault. And uh, I needed to be uh, examined immediately by a urologist to determine what that flaw in my uh, uh, reproductive system was. I was living in uh, Napa at the time. So I kind of went through uh, several different physician directories with the idea that I wanted to find a, um, since I knew it would be coming, I wanted to find, so to speak, I wanted to find a um, a, a youngish, uh, fairly attractive female doctor with small hands. Okay, that was very important. To yeah. Me. So I, I finally located one of these and uh, set up an appointment to see her. And I go there with my at the time wife, and uh, my wife sits out in the waiting room. I go in to uh, get the examination, and she handles my junk, does all of her different things, turns me around, puts the glove on, and says, she was correct about this, Um, did the uh, prostate examination, finishes up, um, takes her glove off. Finishes up? What did that mean? Yeah, finishes (laughs) up with with a prostate exam, feeling whatever it was that she was feeling back there. Happy ending? Um, No, but I think she would, at at that point, would have been able to tell me what I'd had for dinner the night before. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Yeah, so she, she... you asked me to be on this. Okay. Uh, she, she takes the gloves off and says, why don't you uh, put your pants back on and uh, meet me over in my uh, office and have your wife come in. So, great. My wife and I go into her office and she's sitting behind her you know, cushy desk with you know, medical books and things behind her looking very serious and saying, well, uh, Mrs. Yanniger, I did an examination of your husband and uh, he appears perfectly normal, though impressive. <laughs> <laughs> I get a look. <laughs> from my wife, which I knew what that meant, which was you're going to find another urologist right away. <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> it's going to be, and it's going to be one I choose, and he's going to have the biggest gorilla hands that you have ever seen on a human being. <laughs> and, and and it was. Uh, we got the same diagnosis, but it was much less of a funny story uh, going to a you know, ugly old male uh, urologist. Uh, typically, I. And I'm sure it's some sort of personality flaw within me. I, I don't like having men handling my junk. Nobody does. Um, no, that's not true. That's not <laughs> well, true. Well, yeah. About 10% with, of the population. With the obvious exception. <laughs> of about 10% of our population, okay. yes, does enjoy having men handle their junk. I just don't have nothing wrong with that. I just don't happen to be one of them. Um, <laughs> so, well, my, my, my uncle... Um, who passed away a couple of years ago, but obviously older than I am. And uh, he, I think he was at the VA for his medical. And he was extremely disconcerted when he had to have a, um, the, the rectal examination, whatever that's called. Uh, and a woman came, it was a woman. The doctor was a woman. The thing is, and this, people have been saying this for years, is that most gynecologists for a long, long time, for decades, they were all men. I don't know why women never wanted to get into that, but uh, so that was for women. I mean, I'm sure you guys both are very much aware of how invasive and how awful that whole thing is. And to have a man do it, unless <laughs> unless there's some payoff afterwards of some kind. No, I mean, if it's in a medical examination, it's it's pretty invasive. I mean, yeah, the finger up the thing, uh, you know, that that we're talking about is something that takes thirty. 30 seconds to a minute. At least it should. It seems like so much longer. Well, it does, but uh, that's what she said. But, um, no, it, it, it just takes a few seconds, really. It doesn't take long. It's generally not painful unless there's something really seriously wrong up there or you find the guy with the huge finger or woman. But also, it's, it's much less invasive. Imagine if they had to put those clamps. You know, what if you had to lie on your back with your legs spread up in the air and they had they got the clamps out? Then it becomes no, more. It wouldn't happen because men, we men, are babies compared to it. women. So we're we're babies compared to women. Women put up with 
so many invasive medical issues with almost no complaint. And we men, well, have. Uh, you know, if, if we, we stub our toe and it's like, you know, the freak we've been shot or something. Well, 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 I, I want to find out where, where are these non-complaining women that you're talking yeah, about? I don't know about that. <laughs> the, the, they're the, they're the non five women you've married so far. I think you meant historically, Jim, because yeah, Historic, for, for yes. years, for years until recently. Yeah. Yes. And I think there yeah, must well, be. You know, the thing is, is, you know, that prostate, for all kidding aside, that, that 30 seconds or a minute can save your life. And, you know, and, and when I was younger, I kind of discounted a lot of that and was just like, yeah, okay, whatever. You know, in your 20s and your 30s, you don't think about all of that. You don't think about preventative stuff because you're doing self-destructive things by drinking and drugging and partying and, you know, not going to doctors for years and smoking and whatever, you know, self-destructive things that were fun when you're young. Um, but when you start getting older, you start realizing, hmm, you know, well, that as much as it may not be pleasant, that 30 seconds or a minute may save me from having, you know, uh, a catastrophic illness. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's, it doesn't make it any more pleasant when you're laying, when they tell you, okay, roll over on your side. You know, it doesn't make it that that moment that you're sharing. I never got that. The, no? no? Roll over well, on your side? Are you kidding? Yeah. That's yeah, how no, my doctor I always, I always yeah. got assumed the position. Yeah, no, 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 no. no. I never did. The, oh, yeah. I, I never had to. I never had to sit like Neil, like Ned Beatty. No. Oh, okay. Um, I got you. I got you. But, yeah. uh, you know, but, you know, the, the, in the long run, you know, those 30 seconds or a minute, um, now that I'm older, uh, they're not invasive to me anymore. And I think after what we've been talking about, what I've done for this last uh, couple of weeks, I don't know if you noticed, yeah. Randy, but SpongeBob has now been exercised. exercised I don't see the orange glow. Face. Yeah, I don't see the orange glow. Yeah, yeah, I had uh, I had it removed uh, Wednesday. Oh, they great. snipped it away, so now I just got a couple of months for my face to heal up. I have to go back some follow ups in, but they're saying that uh, everything's looking good. That's great. Um, glad yeah, it is. Yeah, it's really good. You know, um, yeah, it's good. I went. I actually went back to work yesterday. I'll be going this morning. Bad uh, for the so podcast. Huh? It's bad for the bad, podcast. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, <laughs> we went back it, to yeah, work. it's a small price, but you know what? It was a good feeling Wednesday to hear my surgeon tell me, uh, you know, the cancer is gone. I mean, that's oh, like totally. That's, no, that's yeah. Great. That's yeah, there's nothing better. You know, I, I I went right back to resuming bitching about all the little things in life. Joan but, Rivers. <laughs> no, but actually not. Uh, I gotta go actually, see a doctor because I was in the sun for two weeks with no uh, no cream. I don't like putting solar oh, cream on. Now I've got I know go. I don't either, but you know what, last, man? Last time I went to the doctor, by the way, my skin doctor is a woman. They all, almost always are over here for some reason, and uh, so I I went over there. And I said I want to get an exam. You know, we just look at my whole uh, the skin and tell me. Uh, if anything, if you see anything, and I think I had a, 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 I get frequently get warts on my on my arms and stuff, little little sores that need to be removed, mm-hmm. so they have to test it and uh, and freeze it off. But is, is this a residue of your career in the sixties? They used to call me moles, actually. Yeah, moles okay. Resner. Anyway, uh, she. What's funny is that so you lay it light on on the table. And here's this woman. This is yet another one of these embarrassing things. So she, she didn't touch my junk or anything, but she looked at everything. And I'm, I was in my, uh, my, my underpants. And uh, she said, by the way, you put your underwear on backwards, which I thought was really funny. <laughs> it was a rough night last it was night. Really, well, that was really funny because this particular pair has um, their briefs. In case uh, you ladies are listening and you're fantasizing about this. They're, and they have a they have a label both. It's made by Jockey. They have a label both on the inside on one part and the outside on the other. So it's very easy to make that mistake. I don't don't believe I should. I like I like how they now have. I like how they pressed on the labels nowadays. You know, they're they're not actually labels anymore. They're just kind of like here, anyways. They're just kind of like laser printed on, so you don't get that stupid itch. You know, you're trying to like. I hate the, that. That does tags like on the shirts too. More and more on the shirts, they like laser. They've laser etched the size on the back of the you know the collar there. So now you don't have that irritating little. 
you know, when you were a kid and it just like every, you, you go into Montgomery Ward for, for, you know, a shirt or something, and you'd come home and you're like, what the fuck? What the fuck is this on the back of my neck? Cause you had short hair then. And, That's why they went out you know, of business. Like rubbing, rubbing against the back of your neck and your parents are <laughs> bitching at you yeah, to yeah. knock it off. And you're like, but what the fuck is this on my neck? Jesus. And, uh, Got to cut them off. Then it, then it gets yeah, worse. Man, yeah, but then you get the little strands, and then it still rubs again. Not now sounding like Jerry Seinfeld or something. What's but up? Yeah, with but the, then what's it's up with these labels? Hey, uh, I mean, as, I a got, as a scientist, though, I have to say that I feel very quite proud of uh, this, this sort of advance in technology, which has truly improved human life. <laughs> Absolutely, <laughs> laser printing on shirts. And this exactly. reminds this reminds me of something. We could we could even try a, a round of this with everybody because we're coming to the close here of the time that we have. Um, but I'm curious if what major change you've seen over your life. And I'll start it out with this experience. Yesterday, I saw we have a lot of gardeners. You know, when I walk a lot, and when I walk, there's a lot of people working on the various lawns and flower beds and all that. It's a beautiful city here. And um, more and more of them are women, and they're out in these green uniforms. They're not really flattering. Many of them have red hair. I don't know why. So the red and green looks actually looks pretty nice. But for the first time in my long life, I actually saw a woman squatting, and you could see like a butt crack like a plumber. <laughs> and I have never observed that anyway. Maybe it's because there's not many woman pl- plumbers or something. But that's something that I think is a concrete change to life compared to when I was a kid. Does anybody else have anything that they can think of? Although I'm sure that when you were a kid that you uh, fantasized about Josephine. About what? Josephine. She was Josephine the plumber, of course. Yes, yes. absolutely. Yes. <laughs> I even remember Josephine. <clears throat> I'm sure you sat in your bed at night late at night. <laughs> I imagine her doing it with the Maytag man. Oh, uh, my yeah. God. Yeah, but, and he was no longer the loneliest man in town. Exactly. Yes, yeah, right. not anymore. That's right. That's right. Excellent, excellent. Pop culture. Yeah, he got drainoed. <laughs> there you go. Anything else? Who, uh, who else has a... Well, apparently my dog had something to say a minute ago. I'm not sure what that was all about. Maybe. That was what was funny for me a couple Maybe. minutes ago. As far as things that are new, I all of a sudden I got because I have my door. I have both of my doors sealed off right now so that um, none of my animals can come in here. And I knew that one of my dogs had, was still upstairs sleeping with my wife. And I heard her rustling about all of a sudden I see a note shoved under the door. <laughs> Gracie needs to pee. I need her harness. <laughs> Great. <laughs> First, she tried to text me, and I had my phone off so oh, it wouldn't ring while we we're doing this. I was in this note under the door. Gracie needs to pay, pee. Can I have her harness? And it just cracked me up. Um, you know, life is, life is vastly different now than when we were kids. You know, and that that can be like a whole. We could easily fill one whole hour Let's just that. on that alone. Um, I, you know, what? As much as I dig what like we're able to do in this exact moment right now, there are a lot of times, man. I would love to go back to like 1967 or 1970. I, I felt like I had more of a sense of peace because I could read. I could put my radio on and read, and not have so many distractions now. I'm so distracted all the time that it's like I'm I'm like the the gerbil on the wheel. <laughs> yeah, we, I guess um, we all are. And, and 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 because I have way too many distractions going on, we have so much at our fingertips now. And uh, I don't know. I you know I don't. It's not like I want to go back to walking to school both ways uphill. I don't know some kind of balance that isn't there. I'm just wondering if, if I'd gone back to 1967, what I'd do without Google. Yeah. Yeah. There, there's a lot to be. That's why I struggle, man. I struggle with that, the 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 good that comes out of today, or you know, the, all the different things I can do now. But I also lament at the same time, not just sitting there with a book for hours and hours and hours. You and, can still do uh, that. Zeppelin, just and Zeppelin playing, off. and but yeah, you know. But now I'm always checking Twitter Stop and that. Facebook. And 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 the news and you know CNN.com or you know oh, whatever my emails I'm checking all that shit all the time instead of just checking my surroundings naturally. So you're not in the now. moment. You're not mindful as Cynthia. No, no, no. I always say I'm the world's worst Buddhist, and that's probably one of the reasons. Because Synth- I'm 
Cynthia Wenslow, oh, man, Wenslow and I were to, had a whole podcast about mon- mindfulness at one point you know, a thousand years ago. Maybe we can mm. get her on one of these times at 5 a.m., Stu. Yeah, well, she'll have to uh, approach it from the other direction. She's uh, <laughs> less of a I love when women do that. I. Yes, yes. <laughs> so, so do I, especially when she's been drinking a little bit. Yeah. Uh, I haven't yeah, talked to is. her in forever, though. But we, sometimes we do this at a time when you would be at work, and maybe she's available, and that would be at about 2 p.m. or 3 p.m. Uh, Central Time. So I don't know what yes, she's into uh, these days, but maybe she could do it. Yeah, if, no, you're, ever, probably, if you're ever around on the weekends, I can do those hours easily also. Yeah. But I know for Randy, the Randy, the weekends are tough. Well, yeah, not yeah. always, but I mentioned it because we do do that sometimes on the weekend and sometimes when you're not yeah. working, when you're, when you're uh, playing hooky. Yes. Yeah, well, Cynthia is also a uh, far more amusing person than I am. And <clears throat> every once in a while, it's um, actually intentional. She's very cool, yeah. I, I'm and she has a, she, your wife has a great name also, I see. That's true. That's yes. true. Well, the, the again, of interest to no one other than perhaps uh, Randy and me. Uh, Randy actually has known each of us considerably longer than either of us have known one another. Wow, That's a good point. In fact, I almost introduced you, but not really. Very, <laughs> very close, though. Very close. And with that, I think it's time to consider... Uh, turning it off for a while i'm trying to be trying to produce without post-producing so we bring up the music just for yeah, we have to have Stu back on again this was fun yeah except that the, the, the nun story turned out to be far less interesting than i had anticipated i'm I mean, sorry i know, really, I know. I, i'm kind of let down a little bit if you I know, liked, i was really thinking liked, that it would start with um dear penthouse <laughs> if, <laughs> i always thought people made this stuff up if you i went to a small me. midwestern <laughs> college and i never thought this would happen to me <laughs> If you exactly. like, dorm advisor came in one night. <laughs> if you like that uh, concept, though, Tom Robbins has a book out. Now I'm trying to remember which one. I think it was Fierce Invalids from Hot Climates. Anyway, you can catch us whenever we decide to do this thing. Yeah, hopefully very soon. Leave the pod. Leave the yeah, pod. Podcast. And I got to start the music again because otherwise I'll have to post post produce. There we go. So our guest has been Mr. Stuart Yaniger, par excellence. And you can get us on iTunes and any podcatcher out there that you'd like. Leave the bottle podcast.com and uh, at Barnes and Noble. Not really, but okay. And I would like to dedicate this podcast to Sister Therese at the Pastor Institute. She still has her glove on. Bye, Joan. And to Angela Merkel. And Mrs. Calabash, wherever you are. <laughs> All right, wait for it. Wait for it. Wait for it.